It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. What is going on, Reds fans? Welcome back to the Locked On Reds podcast. I know it's been a few days since we've talked. It's been the Christmas season. I hope you had a great Christmas. I hope you got all of the Reds gear that your heart desires, as I know I did. Let's talk some Reds today. I know we've only had a couple episodes this week. If you have not checked out the episode with Ken Huber, the guy who runs the Obscure X-Reds Twitter account, Locked On Obscure Former Reds, the episode I had posted on Monday. Definitely check that out. Well worth your time. Today, we're going to just look at some rumors. We're going to talk a lot about something that the Reds have never done, but they look to be favorites, at least, to uh, complete here in the coming days. Also, just got some off-season talk in general. But before we get to all of that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, the Himalaya Podcasting app, everywhere you can get your podcast. Make sure that you have hit that subscribe button. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds. And save that Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. So the big news, and whether or not your social media presence is something that you follow the Reds with or not, a big, big thing that has been going on for the last few days, starting a couple of days before Christmas, really, And it kind of picked up on Christmas Day. But uh, the rumor is the Reds are the favorites, not just a finalist, but the favorites to land Japanese outfielder Shogo Akiyama. Now, this would be huge for a number of reasons. Shogo Akiyama would be the first Japanese-born baseball player signed by the Cincinnati Reds. That would be pretty awesome in and of itself. They've got 150 years of baseball without having a Japanese-born baseball player. What? Let's bring one in. Shogo Akiyama looks to fit the bill as a guy that can really make an impact for this Reds team. Here's the other thing. Rumor has it, he's not looking to break the bank. Some... Some different uh, websites have him at two years, 10 million. Some websites have him at three years, 15 million. My rudimentary brain, my, my, my tiny brain says, hey, he only wants $5 million a year. Now, depending on 
lots of things that could totally change but all of these articles are saying exactly the same thing that he's looking for five million dollars a year and that's great he's a very talented player he's 31 years old he's a left-handed bat outfielder now most of his uh appearances have come in center field over in japan whether or not he is a center fielder for the Reds remains to be seen. But rumor has it, he's a little light on his feet, and he's really good at getting on base. If you look at his numbers, his on-base percentage hovers between 390 and 400. Fantastic top-of-the-lineup numbers. Now, his steel, his steel totals, and, and, and we're, you know, I, I'm a bit... Um, and and I think you're in the same boat that we're a bit spoiled when we think of the stolen base statistic and we think back, as Chad Dawson would call him, on the real-life superhero, Billy Hamilton, and the fact that he stole like a thousand bases a year. But Shogo Akiyama at least has some stolen base statistics. So if you stick him in the top of the lineup, you're not worried about what happens after he gets on base. This is a discussion I've had with a lot of people throughout this offseason, is that these different moves that happen, you know, what what goes down, maybe say you trade Nixon Zell and you get Francisco Lindor, where does that leave Joey Votto? Where does he hit? Because we're not talking about a guy who hits in the middle of the lineup anymore. Maybe you hit him at the top of the lineup, but then you're worried about his speed. That's not the case with Shogo Akiyama. Guy's got some foot speed. He can run. And he also gets on base, too. He's got some decent power numbers. His batting average as well in the Japanese baseball league is close, you know, hovers around 300. For the last five years. So he's no slouch with the bat. In fact, back in 2015, he had over 200 hits. Dude knows what to do with the bat. So I'm not worried about that at all. And then you're talking about only having to give him $5 million? That is a fantastic get. If the Reds can pull that off. There's lots of things that have said that the Reds are favorites. And then I noticed an article on Bleacher Nation. Which, uh, you know, full disclosure, and you might know this, you listening, you might know this, but is Bleacher Nation the same thing as Bleacher Report? I don't know, whatever. Anyway, but I saw this article that said that Shogo Akiyama was looking to make his decision around Christmas. And the reason that I use was, Christmas was a couple of days ago. So, if we insert that timeline with the fact that the Reds are favorites, boom. We might be getting Shogo Akiyama here any minute. In fact, you might be listening to this podcast and there may already be some kind of press release out there that says, Hey, look, the Reds got Shogo Shogo Akiyama. I don't know. That would be awesome to me. And, and, you know, we're going to talk about what, what a move like that would mean for this offseason here in just a moment. I've got some other names, some other thoughts on rumors for you here in just a moment. But also, you know, now that we're on the other side of Christmas, did you get what you wanted? 
maybe your friends and your family that got you gifts didn't realize that you were the red super fan that you are. You know how you can remedy that? Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. There are some fantastic t-shirts through Breaking Tea for the Cincinnati Reds. You've got Derek Dietrich t-shirts. You've got, and this one belongs to Marty t-shirts. Different things like that. A great selection over at BreakingTea.com. And if you go to BreakingTea.com slash locked on, you'll find some awesome Cincinnati Reds t-shirts. So you can fill that, you know, hole in the, uh, the, the once of your Christmas loot. Just in case. And, 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 you know, if you're listening to this on the go, you can go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers to check out the many different promos that we have on the show. That's LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. I mentioned in the first half of the show that the Reds are finalists and considered favorites to land. Shogo Akiyama, the outfielder from Japan. Now, what would this look like? Again, Akiyama, and really for all intents and purposes, as fans of the Cincinnati Reds, we're just going to call him Shogo. Because how electric would that be at Great American Ballpark? You've got Shogo coming up to bat, and you just hear everyone around the stadium chanting, Shogo! Show go. That, that's awesome. That would go right along with Moose. You know, the whole, cha- the whole stadium chant Moose. Anyway, that's just, yeah, whatever. That's just me thinking out loud on that one. But at the same token, with him only costing $5 million, maybe at most $10 million. And who knows, maybe they even stretch it to 11 or 12 whatever. With that amount of money, there's still plenty of money to go after a Francisco Lindor. Or, as we continue to hear these rumors about Nicholas Castellanos and Marcelo Zuna, as much as the Lockdown Reds podcast has championed the idea of the Cincinnati Reds going back after Yasiel Puig, there's just not been a whole lot there. There's I've not seen any rumors linking... Yasiel Puig, and there might be like one or two from Joe Schmo with a MLBblog.com talking about the Reds and Yasiel Puig, but at least here recently, the, the most prominent rumors linking Yasiel Puig to anyone was the Chicago White Sox. But that being said, the Reds are still more prominently linked to Castellanos and Ozuna. And between those guys, it's really no contest. I don't mind the cost associated with either one of them, which leads me to believe that they should go after Castellanos. Now, I know the biggest drawback, the biggest drawback on him is his defense. People say, oh, well, he's not a great defensive outfielder. The Reds have shown that that does not matter to them by signing Moustakis and essentially penciling him in at second base. So I I fully expect Nicholas Castellanos to be very high on their list. I would love to see him as a red. If you add Akiyama and Castellanos, that leads me to believe that there is going to be a nice trade 
made with some of these outfielders that could involve Francisco Lindor. I mean, who knows? Think of that outfield for the outfield, but think of the infield for a minute. If you've got Joey Votto, Mike Moustakis, Francisco Lindor, and Eugenio Suarez, print the playoff tickets. Do it right now. I really want to see this happen, folks. And, and, and as much as I love it, and I'm telling you, there's there's a fan side of me and there's a logical side of me when it comes to things like this. The logical side is always seeking to calm the fan side down. And the logical side of me is saying that the Indians hold off, right? The, the logical side of me is saying that the Indians don't make a move. They don't trade Lindor. And maybe they move him at the deadline. And it's interesting because if you remember last offseason, whenever the Reds had the mandate of hashtag get the pitching, Trevor Bauer was a name that was bandied about within Red circles. And it didn't happen during the offseason, but bam, deadline day, Trevor Bauer was a Red. Who knows? Maybe that happens for him at the deadline with Francisco Lindor. Would that be so terrible? I mean, it really depends. I mean, you know, we're starting to get closer to opening day now, and and I'm seeing more and more folks, you know, sneak in the snarky and snide remarks of, hey, Reds, do you mind not losing eight of your first nine games this year? That'd be great. That's my Christmas wish. If they can at least put together a very good first half of the season and then they bring in Francisco Lindor, that's not bad too. But I'd love to see it happen this offseason. But when you sign a Shogo Akiyama, that leaves the door open for that possibility. Real quick, before we get done with today's episode, and I know we've had a short week, but I want to go through a Locked On Reds line text or two. And this first one comes from Jordan. Jordan says, I see multiple people wanting to trade Tyler Stevenson in different types of trades, but something I think they don't understand is that there are only three or four good catchers in the league. Stevenson is only going to get better, and he's 22. He has great numbers, and I consider him the second best prospect in our system because he's a good catcher, and good catcher, good catching prospects are a rare commodity. Stevenson slashed 285, 372, 410 in AA, and 347, 418, 490 in the Arizona Fall League. I think the Reds would be dumb to trade a young and very talented catcher with good numbers. Am I missing something? Why do people want to trade him? What are your thoughts? I'll tell you what, and just kind of looking up some numbers on Stevenson, he he just turned 23 this year, actually, but still, that's that's like super young and, you know, whatever. It's very small potatoes comparing 22 and 23, whatever. When it comes to Stevenson, the numbers have been great lately. And to see his development come along the way that it has is very interesting. Something that I would love to see at the major league level. The question is, what are they getting in return? 
I don't think of Tyler Stevenson as a completely untouchable prospect. And, you know, there's all these reports when it comes to the Los Angeles Dodgers and possibly trading for Francisco Lindor and how they are not offering Gavin Lux and Dustin May, their top coveted prospects. The Reds are not in that position. The Reds are not in a position where they can label a prospect untouchable. If Tyler Stevenson is involved, and now granted, I don't want it to be Tyler Stevenson and a bunch of people. But if it's Tyler Stevenson and maybe like a major league ready guy, and you get back Francisco Lindor, I'm kind of okay with that. But I, I, I do understand your point, Jordan. When it comes to Tyler Stevenson, what we've seen here lately is extremely encouraging and something that we want to see at the major league level. I'd love to see them bring up Stevenson to the major leagues this season to see what he's got. And that's part of the reason that I believe whenever they missed out on Yasmani Grandal, that they just stopped going after catcher altogether. At least as of right now on this recording, and it's December 27th, but at the same time, there's been absolutely no rumors since Yasmani Grandal became a White Sox of the Reds linked to anyone else that squats down behind the plate and calls pitches. I think they're very happy with the battery that they have in Tucker Barnhart and Kirk Casale. And I think part of that is they like what they have in Tyler Stevenson coming up. They, they see the talent that he has put on display this last year and the progress that he's made. I only hope they reward that with some major league service time this year. And service time as it, as it is, that those two words are like cuss words to major league ball clubs anymore. But I think it'd be well worth their time to give him a major league look. I don't know. I, but, but I am with you. I, I think that to be swift to trade Tyler Stevenson is to be foolhardy. But at the same time, if he brings back a Francisco Lindor, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Real quick before we end, I want to get to one more text message. This one from Chris in Northern Kentucky says, I like the Wade Miley signing 2.57 ERA two years ago with DJ Derek Johnson. 306 last season before September opens up a trade opportunity for Disco or Mally. Worst case, it's a cheap deal, so it doesn't hurt them. And I totally agree with you. It's the kind of deal that you want to see for, uh, you know, like the th- fourth or fifth most important move of the offseason. But at the same token, I am intrigued about the Disco or Mally possibilities because those guys would look very tempting to Cleveland in a deal for Francisco Lindor. Now, I'm not advocating that they trade Di Sclafani. If they trade Di Sclafani, it better be for him and, like, maybe a, another prospect. But at the same token, if, that, if, if bringing in Wade Miley for the very wallet-friendly deal that the Reds made brings in Francisco Lindor in a subsequent move, 
how can you hate on that? And I, I, I appreciate your point of view there. Thank you very much for the text. Thank you all for the text. Make sure that you, if you have a question, if you have a reaction to something on the podcast, 513-549-0159. You can text, you can call, whatever you've got. 513-549-0159. That's going to do it for us today here on the Locked On Reds podcast. Like I mentioned, it's a, it's a uh, light week. Next week, we're going to have more than two episodes. Uh, you can trust me on that. But definitely, uh, and, and you know, if the weekend is busy, if the Reds make some moves this weekend, hey, we'll have an emergency podcast or two. But we'll be all over it here on the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many platforms. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Locked On Reds. But thanks again for listening. I'll talk to you guys next week. And my name is Jeff Carr. This is the Locked On Reds podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 